2: This is the Edge with Jonathan Tobel and Matt Humans on VCN, the Sports Betting Network. What up and welcome in. We got a great show on tap here on The Edge. It is a Monday post-week 17. Usually we'll be talking about wildcard weekend. Not the case though, Matt Humans.
3: We'd be talking about uh, Black Monday and several coaches right. getting fired, too, but that'll be next Monday.
2: No, yeah, well, and hopefully uh, Joe Judge will not be a part of that. He's got that franchise in a good spot. But we'll get to that at some point today. Joining the program, Johnny Velo is going to be with us in 30 minutes from now. Recap the week that was, but more importantly, look ahead to this next weekend and what an adventure it will be for oddsmakers as they try to navigate what is a very preseason-like Uh, atmosphere for week 18 of the national football league information is key whether teams are going to take games seriously or not play first quarters whatever it's going to be and a lot of numbers are going to move in a lot of directions this weekend in the nfl but we do have a game tonight in the national football league
3: yeah let's talk about that browns and Steelers, and uh not a meaningful game for the browns like it was uh, when we were here on friday
2: no it's not and uh, the market uh, has adjusted because of that so the browns who uh, were favored in this game now a two and a half point underdog, and it's getting to three in a lot of spots. It's a two and a half minus 120 pretty much everywhere that you look here at the South Point. They don't alter the juice, so it's two and a half for the Pittsburgh Steelers at home. Total of 43 and a half. Not only do the Steelers got to win out, and they need things to happen for them as well. Uh, but this is an emotional day, Matt Ewens. Maybe the final game at
3: Heinz Field for Ben Roethlisberger. It will be. Okay. Right. Uh, I Never can't.
2: Do. Bring it back.
3: Well. <laughs> I guess you could have an injury next year. Hey, if uh, Frank Wright's calling Phillip Rivers and Sean Payton's calling Drew Brees, right. who knows, maybe Mike Tomlin would call Big Ben if uh, the Steelers are in a, if Kenny Pickett uh, a, gets hurt. a bad spot next season. But I, I think it's uh, 90 plus percent it's Big Ben's last home game tonight. So um, it's going to be an emotional night in Pittsburgh, and I think that. I probably should have made that bet before the weekend. I was looking at Pittsburgh plus three and a half and didn't pull the trigger. And that would have been a good number to have in your pocket at this point with Steelers now two and a half point favorites. Yep,
2: and so this is I think this is a great example of what next week is potentially going to be. And this is a topic that you and I touched on yesterday on the opening lines, which is think about that. So this line was Cleveland minus three, Mm -hmm. right? But I actually got the three and a half. Right, three and a half. But well, the Browns are eliminated from postseason contention yesterday. Before even playing it down, they're eliminated. So now all of a sudden, because the Browns have been eliminated and the Steelers have to win, that's worth a near six point swing at this point right now. That's worth a full touchdown, essentially. Oh, well, not a full touchdown, but a touchdown.
3: It's, it seems like an overreaction, seems yes. like too much, an over adjustment. But at the same time, you're not crossing any real key numbers unless you were talking about the three and a half. So it's not like you went from uh, one to seven and a half or something like that. But still, it does seem like it's. Uh, I think uh, a little bit too much. Uh, I, I'd still kind of view it as a pick'em game mm-hmm. uh, before the weekend. I thought the Browns deserved to be favored. Now I think it's probably a pick'em.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I just, I, you know, me, I'm very, uh, I like numbers and matchups and analytics. And it's like the matchups all remain the same, right? <clears throat> if you thought that the more likely outcome was a Cleveland Browns win, and that's what the number was initially. You know, the only thing that changes is potentially some emotion that you have no idea how the Browns feel from a certain perspective, right? Yes, they've been eliminated, but mm-hmm. uh, I would think with two games left still on the schedule, you get a motivated Browns team to go and ruin some seasons, especially with a division rival like the Pittsburgh Steelers, who you can eliminate for postseason contention with a win today.
3: Right. And, you know, pride is an overused word, but that, that, that's what the Browns are playing for. It's still a rivalry. They're still going to show up and play to win tonight, and that's why I think – you know, I, I would personally adjust the number to pick from uh, 3.5. Yeah, the Browns are not going to play with the same steam considering that uh, they know now they can't win the division and the Bengals got it wrapped up, so it's mm-hmm. a little bit of a negative. But uh, it seems like a big adjustment here to uh, make the Steelers 2.5-point favorites. I actually see Steelers 3-point yep. favorites out there somewhere uh, right now. But uh, a lot of uh, strange numbers on the board in NFL Week 18. I've already got made one bad bet this week. Uh, But it was just a small bet this morning. And uh, it's not going to be the end of the world. But talking about teams with motivation and uh, the playoff implications involved in these Week 18 games. I took uh, three points with the Eagles this morning against the Cowboys. And that number is now up to five and a half at some spots. So it's not a good bet. Obviously, the Eagles pretty much locked into their seed. They clinched the playoff spot. It looks like win or lose on Saturday that the Eagles are going to play the Buccaneers. And if they win, they're more likely to play the Buccaneers. Do you want the Bucs or not? I think that's one question you have to ask if you're uh, Nick Sirianni, the Eagles coach. And the Cowboys still can move up from the number four to number two seed with a win. So I think the Cowboys, off a loss to Arizona, are going to play all their guys Saturday night in prime time. And that's why this number bumped up to uh, five. I still think the Eagles got a fighting chance to win a game like this. With uh, Gardner Minshew at quarterback,
2: right, and, and that's what I think too. And I actually made the same bet, so we're in the, we're in the same we're in the <laughs> same water here. But like, here's the thing, Gardner Minshew, uh, we saw him play this year, and there was remember, it's the funny thing about you know uh, recency and just winning games changes things. There was real conversation around the Eagles when Gardner Minshew got that start, like, hey man, mm-hmm. maybe he's the better option than Jalen Hurts, right? You saw him go sure. out there in that game uh, that he started. He went twenty twenty five, two forty two, two touchdowns, and yes, it's the New York Jets. But Gardner Minshew, as we know, we saw with the Jacksonville Jaguars, can win games and is a serviceable quarterback. And in an offensive system like this, which has been limited in terms of their passing attack with Jalen Hurts, a quarterback, you're going to see a different type of scheme here from the Philadelphia Mm -hmm. Eagles. So I would agree with that. Like when we're looking at them resting starters and bumping this now to, like I said, I I see a seven flashing on my screen right now. I don't know how accurate that is, but yeah, sixes and sevens are starting to appear. (laughs) That seems pretty strong, given what we know about the Philadelphia Eagles quarterback situation at the very least.
3: Yeah, but, you know, it also is more than the quarterback. I don't know what Nick Sirianni has said today. If he said, you know, I'm going to arrest a bunch of other starters, too. So if it's Gardner Minshew with a bunch of backups, and that's a much bigger concern. If he's still going to be out there with a bunch of front-line guys, then I would still like the (laughs) Eagles in the game. But, you know, it looks like it uh, took a bad number with uh, the Eagles in that uh, Saturday night game. This is the quote from Sirianni. Quote,
2: we are talking through all that still. We haven't decided anything there yet in terms of resting players. Uh, we don't have to decide right now. So mm-hmm. that is the plan. And like you said, regardless, it seems, of the outcome, Uh, that they are going to face the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which, by the way, leads you to next week, too, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, as we talked about. Tampa Bay has really got nothing to play for. Uh, They're out of contention. And that nine that was on the screen yesterday, uh, that is now down to eight and seven and a half. And that's something that we brought up on the opening lines, which was it seems like Tampa Bay's got nothing to play for. Even if you don't like Carolina, like I hate because they burned me over the weekend against the Saints, right? You take nine because more likely you're going to be sitting on nine at a number that closes what do you think? Maybe even
3: under like five, four and a half, something yeah, like that? Like I said last night, yep. I, you know, that number is nine, nine and a half last night. And I thought it might close six. Yep. Who knows? You know, we don't know who's going to sit for the Bucks, but the Bucks really don't have a lot of reasons to, to play uh, their big time uh, starters this week against Carolina. I, I think the Buccaneers seem to be pigeonholed into a certain spot in the NFC and they can't really do anything to improve, right? Yep. Uh, so and it's funny,
2: so week, week 18, preseason, like almost like bowl season-esque, right? Where you're just kind of sifting through information, trying to find motivation for some of these teams in the National Football League.
3: A lot of that, situational yep. handicapping and the information. And, uh, you know, that's that's one thing in the past. It was week 17. I always loved week 17. I always did pretty well in it. Uh, week eighteen's that situation now. And uh, there are very few absolutely meaningless games on the board. Mm-hmm. There are a few this week to mean nothing. Talking about Bears, Vikings, uh, Giants. Washington, right, that's a, that's a meaningless game. And actually the, uh, the Packers-Lions is a meaningless game, but it looks like Aaron Rodgers is going to play.
2: Yep, and that's why we've seen that flip. So for those who don't know, right, we initially saw this number uh, open up on the look-ahead, Packers minus 11, right? Then yesterday, after the results are in hand, where the Green Bay Packers win the NFC's uh, top overall seed, they'll have a bye week, uh, don't have to worry about anything in terms of seeding. Well, it reopens Sunday, minus 2 in favor of the Detroit Lions. But now, as you mentioned, we're seeing the Packers minus two and a half, and it looks like Aaron Rodgers is going to be out there. You do wonder if it's going to be the entire game or if they're saying he's going to play, and you bench him at right, halftime, whatever it's going to be, and you put Jordan Love out there. Maybe just get some reps into the belt, right? Uh,
3: I, th- I think he plays a half. If right. I had to guess, I'd say Aaron Rodgers plays the first half. Right now, the Westgate's got uh, Lions minus one, and Circa has Packers minus one. At least that's what I see on the screen, unless it's not updated. Uh, but Let's see, I've got I've got circuit minus two and a half and Westgate at minus one in favor of the right? Packers. Okay, yeah, circuit's at two and a half, huh? Yeah,
2: well, at least on the beastie dot slash NFL. Go check that out now.
3: It's um, it's interesting because I, I wouldn't think that Rodgers would play more than a half of this game. There's no really reason to. So there are two reasons for him to play. One is he's a front runner to win MVP, and uh, I guess he could solidify that just by going out to play in Week 18. He's probably going to be MVP, right? Yeah. Uh, Also, you want to stay sharp. You don't want too much time off before your first playoff game. And we've seen this before. We talked about the rest versus Russ. And uh, I think it's important to stay sharp and keep your timing as an offense and not just sit out basically three weeks. And that's why I think the Packers and uh, you know Aaron Rodgers has said he wants to play a little bit this week. Uh, What's that do to the number? Uh, Do the Packers deserve to be favored if Rodgers is only going to play a half? I'm not sure. I, I think I would still probably make the Lions. Uh, you know, one, two point favorites. Mm-hmm. I would agree.
2: You know, it's interesting too as we're walking through some of these line moves from uh, the openers from just last night. You know, one of the numbers that has really spiked, do you see Indianapolis? We're up to mm-hmm. a 15 and a half, 16 point favorite over Jacksonville. Look ahead here. This is the journey of this one. Look ahead was eight and a half, reopens yesterday 14 and a half. Now you're up to 16. In favor of indianapolis so
3: motivation worth eight points well I, you know this is one of those situations where I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if it gets to 17 nobody wants to bet the jaguars right now No, and <laughs> i think it's you know it's obvious to look at the Colts and say well they have to win to get in the playoffs and all the motivations on their side uh you know that's built into the number all that stuff's going to be factored into that 15 or 16 or 17 whatever it gets to I think the the one odd thing about this game is uh as you texted me this morning, the Colts have not won in Jacksonville since two thousand fourteen.
2: Yep, that's from Andrew Stiliano tweeted wow. that out. I, I you know I thought about it, I went back and looked and said, sure enough that has been the case. They have not won in Jacksonville since two thousand fourteen. <laughs> wow. Now, a couple of those were like end of the season games, right? But it's still very true that they have not won there since two thousand and
3: fourteen, the Indianapolis Man. Colts. Okay. So it's been a tough spot. I'm gonna say that winning streak stop or losing streak stops this week and well, the Colts get to win, but are you gonna lay the sixteen? No. Uh, uh, probably not. Now, and it
2: also comes uh, on the heels of uh, this uh, big expose from ESPN. I don't know if you saw this. Michael DeRocco, who works for ESPN, uh, had a story on just the turmoil in the franchise and Trevor Lawrence and maybe some negativity floating around Lawrence's franchise. That's, that's,
3: that's a forward. surprise. I, yeah. I can't imagine that's happening in Jacksonville. All right. Uh, all
2: right, we'll come back. We have plenty to get to. We have a national championship game set in college football. We also have Johnny Avello is going to be with us in 15 minutes to get the bookmaker's perspective on everything in the NFL as the regular season comes to a close.
4: From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination.
0: The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
5: This is The Edge
2: on VCN, the Sports Betting Network.
3: Hey, if you missed any part of this show or anything on the VCN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast. Catch replays of all the shows or download and listen. on your schedule, go to slash podcast. Get beating the book with Gil Alexander, Market Insights with Josh Applebaum, Hardwood Handicappers with JVT, The Lombardi Line, Follow the Money, Coast to Coast Hoops, and more. All free and available now. slash podcast. Ooh. This is perfect. The football
2: gods are real, Matt Humans. What's happening? A perfect segue. Breaking news in the National Football League. Massive news.
3: Joe Judge says that Jake Fromm will start Sunday against the Washington football team. Yeah. As I said last night on the show, Jake Fromm's not an NFL quarterback. Uh, Mike I mean, Glennon is not either. Uh, the Giants are in a real bind here because you got nobody who can play that position. Right. And like, it was not Jason Garrett's fault to the offense. Stunk. Daniel Jones wasn't playing well either. Giants got so many problems right now, it's hard to count them all.
2: Yes. Now, I, I would say um, you're right in terms of the quarterback situation. Like, Jake Fromm, I think we knew, is not a starting NFL quarterback if he couldn't get a start over Mike Lennon. I don't even think he's a number two. Yeah, Yeah. well, we're about to find out if that's going to be the case, but that is breaking news for a game that is meaningless between two clubs, right? Because Washington football team eliminated from playoff contention. New York Giants are as well. So this is floating around 6.5 with a total of 38.5. And And there's also a lot of noise around the New York Giants. And uh, Joe Judge... I think was publicly stumping for his job yesterday in a post-game press conference. For those who didn't see this, judge at the end was asked, you know, what fans have to look forward to, what the hope is for the franchise. He went on an 11-minute rant that included some great nuggets like these.
5: Now, you guys ain't been in the building for two years now with this coach. All right, but I'll tell you right now. All right, if you're in the damn building, you walk on through our locker room, you ain't seen a crap you saw before. All right. You ain't seeing guys right now planning vacations, you ain't seeing golf clubs in front of players locker, you ain't seeing that stuff. I can go through a whole X's and O's evaluation, I can go through a roster evaluation, I can do a lot of things for you right now, okay? I do it every day myself. I go through all that stuff. But in terms of the next step to take, I can tell you right now, okay, I know we're a whole lot closer to where we're going than we are further away. I can tell you that right now. I can tell you we got more players here who are gonna be free agents next year all right, who are in my office every day, begging to come back. I know that. Okay, I know that. Or players that we coached last year that still call me twice a week talking about, you know, how much they wish they were still here even though they're getting paid more somewhere else.
3: There's no chance that's real. No, find me a couple players who will admit to that because I just don't believe it.
2: No, I mean, so there were were a couple of former Giants that were on Twitter yesterday uh, just going after the front office in terms of how crappy the guys are there. But there was nobody who was coming out in favor of Joe Judge. Saying, Man,
3: I just want to play with that guy. I just want to play for Joe Judge. I'm begging to come back, even though I'm making more money somewhere else. Former member of uh, Bill Belichick's staff in New England. He's right there trying to act like he's Belichick, and uh, it's just not working.
2: No, it's not. And it, it does <laughs> seem at this point, I mean, I would think, I don't know. There's, uh, reading some reports from uh, some of the New York Giants media, uh, it is not out of the question that he returns next season for the New York Giants. I don't think it'd be surprising if he does, but I would think seeing the last two seasons, how poorly it's gone and how poorly I think he handles games from a management standpoint, uh, I I would think that I would look to move on.
3: Well, he doesn't show you anything from a game management perspective that tells you, man, this guy's really sharp. Uh, You don't see the Giants game planning offensively or defensively uh, in a way that really impresses you that much. It doesn't look like a a well-coached team necessarily every week. And then when you do press conferences like this where you sound like a complete jackass, Mm -hmm. that can't help your cause. So uh, I would make Joe Judge an underdog to come back next season, but I'm not making that decision for the Giants. And uh, really, the Giants need to hit reset and start over. Dave Gettleman out judge out. They got some big personnel decisions to make on Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, guys like that, but uh, they're not close. That's a bad division and the Giants are not close to first place.
2: No, they're not. And uh, yeah, yesterday that's a really prime example of a team that's not ready for anything, right, in terms of coaching.
3: Well, I I should say too it was a really bad division last year. It was the worst division in the NFL. In 2021 it's gotten better. Cowboys have actually taken a step up, and the Eagles have shown significant improvement. So the division's a little bit better, but the the other teams have gotten a little bit better, and the Giants getting worse.
2: So, uh, by the way, if you want to know, uh, the guys that left the New York Giants last season that went to different teams, Colt McCoy, Wayne Gallman, Devonta Freeman, Kevin Zeitler, Cameron Fleming, Dalvin Tomlinson, Kyler Fackrell, and uh, David May- uh, Mayo. Mayo? I always, always I up.
3: <laughs> I doubt any of those guys are telling Joe Judge they want to come back for less money.
2: Each one of those guys, except for Cameron Fleming uh, and uh, Dalvin Tomlinson, are on teams that are in postseason contention.
3: You know, as far as the, the perspective here on Week 18, Washington football teams look pretty bad here down the stretch. Yeah. After Joe Judge's uh, big speech yesterday, does that make you more likely to bet the Giants? You're going to take the 6.5 or the 7 if that pops up again? Oh, I, I, uh, I mean, is this – if he's – if he's telling the truth here, you would think we'd see a motivated Giants team show up in week 18. I can't uh, take that leap of faith because I just watched the Giants get their butts kicked by the Bears, and they, and they showed nothing, and the quarterback play was some of the worst you're ever going to see in the league. Mike Glennon, if you look up through the play-by-play yesterday, Mike Glennon strung together uh, some of the worst, uh, some of the worst snaps that any quarterback in the league has ever you, put together. You know what their net passing yard total was last night? Or yesterday? Uh, it was like 10 yards.
2: Negative 10 yards. Yeah, okay. <laughs> that's hard. <laughs> that's hard to do in the NFL. Right. And I would assume to answer your question, um, Circa is a really sharp book. I would assume that Jeff Benson and company watched that press conference and refused to put the hook on the number, and that's why they're on sex. <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, I'm just, it's just an assumption on my part. So, again, that is the news. Jake Fromm going to get the start there for the New York Giants I'm looking at a couple of numbers here, too. So looking around, because the screen's flashing right now. So there's a lot that goes on with a lot of these numbers. Got to make sure. And this is the cool thing about a week like this. So, for example, as we're talking about this, the screen's lighting up. The Minnesota Vikings are now down to a a two-and-a-half-point favorite over the Chicago Bears. So I would assume, and I haven't seen anything, but does that news that uh, we're going to see maybe the Kellen Mond era start for the Minnesota Vikings. You give them a shot and see what you got at quarterback, but the screen is starting to flash Vikings down to two-and-a-half.
3: Yeah, I don't know. I do know the Bears have won – the last two weeks with uh, Nick Foles and uh, the Red Rifle, Andy Dalton, the quarterback. So uh, I'm not that surprised that uh, you get some betters taking plus three on the Bears. You just don't know what the Vikings are going to put out there in the field. Uh, this Sunday, if Kirk Cousins is going to play, if Dalvin Cook's going to play, you would think that the Vikings oh, are probably going to sit quite a few guys. What do you have now? This is great. This is a good one.
2: Vikings Mike Zimmer on if he wants to see Kellen Mond in week 18. Quote, not particularly. Okay. <laughs> so we'll see. we'll see That's a great uh, great vote of confidence for the young guy. Not particularly. I
3: didn't want to see him last night in the game in Green Bay either. So that was a little bit surprising. I thought he would play more last night. The Packers rolled in that game. And I think that was probably a great result for a lot of betters.
2: Third round quarter, third round pick on Kellen Mond. And you have your coach after you've been eliminated saying, "Eh, not particularly, don't want to see him. All right. So again, going through all of this, uh, none of the other numbers have really shifted a whole lot here uh, with Wake 18. We've gone through some of the bigger adjustments and changes on the lines uh, from what we've seen to this point. I want to point out one last thing uh, before we move on from this. humans. That would be the fact that, uh, we talked about San Francisco and Los Angeles, the Rams, right? Uh, this is a game which both teams have something on the line. Um, we have seen that this six is gone. It's something that you and I discussed. It probably was going to be the case. Rams actually at one point were six-and-a-half-point favorite. This is down to five in multiple spots, and I would assume that it continues to head in that direction.
3: Uh, probably. I, I think the Niners are actually going to get some uh, action. Right? Niners got to win to get into the playoffs. The Rams need a win to win the NFC West. or get a, Or get a Cardinals loss, but why put it, you know, right. I put it out there. And the Cardinals are six and, and a half point favorites against the Seahawks uh in Arizona. Uh so I, I think I, I if you're gonna bet this game, it depends. Did you see enough positive uh development from Trey Lance in right. yesterday's game to say, uh yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and fire on the 49ers here because it looks like Jimmy Garoppolo is not gonna play. I know the Kyle Shanahan, excuse me, said yesterday there's a chance that Jimmy G could come back. Um uh, it didn't he didn't sound optimistic about it. But do you want to bet on Trey Lance? I did see some positive things. Uh, I went back and watched the game again last night. And I thought Trey Lance maybe played a little bit better the sec- second time I watched it than he did the first time. But he, it's, he's still not lighting it up out there. He's got a long way to go. I'm just not sure how much faith I would have in betting the Niners in this spot. Matthew Stafford, by the way, has put together some um, some real low lights. In the last uh, few weeks, including three interceptions in the I game had. of Baltimore. The, the Rams have been skating by in some of these games, despite their quarterback playing really poorly in about uh, half of the games. I rewatched
2: that game this morning, actually, yeah. myself. And uh, oh, boy. Yeah, the pick sticks was uh, absolutely brutal stared down the guy the whole time. It was Tyler Higby. He was trying to quit, get on a quick little route, just read the entire way. It was a way. rookie
3: mistake. It was really bad. Well, right. I, when I say half of the games, I'm talk about Stafford tends to play like a good first half and a poor second half, or yeah. a real poor first half and a good second half. Well, that's what he did yeah. yesterday, right? right? Because
2: then he was perfect in the second half, and they go and they win that game 20-19. to 19. So, uh, it would be interesting to see, and to your point too, so there is two things could be true that the 49ers yesterday played, you know, better than the finals, you know, even better than the final score indicated, and they also, I don't think, deserve to cover given what happened near the end of that game, but a 20 37 final, but from a statistics standpoint, 416 total yards, 6.8 yards per play and 10 yards per attempt through the air. It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. And Trey Lance has the ability to do a lot of stuff downfield when it comes to some big play, uh, you know, ability. So that's going to be out there, especially off of play action. But you still want to see something a little bit better. Five of 13 on third downs. They were over two on fourth down. So you can get better if you're the San Francisco 49ers. But Trey Lance, I agree. And in the role of underdog, as opposed to laying points, right, I think it'd be
3: a little bit more likely to get in that. Right, you got two really big time games uh, this weekend, I think, with, uh, Significant playoff implications for all four teams. 49ers, Rams,
2: Chargers, Raiders. We'll talk about that with Johnny Avello. Although I'm 0-2 in games involving Trey Lance, that Cardinals game earlier in the year, and then this one over the weekend. All right, Johnny Avello joins us next. Get his thoughts on what a crazy week this is going to be for an odds maker when it comes to Week 18 in the NFL.
3: This is The Edge on VCN. The
2: Sports Betting
3: Network. VSIN has a great new offer to help make this your best betting year ever. All new Big Game Big Dance special provides VSIN Plus all access to everything we do from now through April 5th for only $69. That's VSIN Plus all access. Sign up now to get our daily Best Bet emails, 24 7 video access, the upcoming Big Game and College Hoops betting guides. Plus, full access to vsin.com with our exclusive betting split breakdowns in every game. Don't miss out on one of the best deals of the year vsin.com slash big deal to sign up today. vsin.com slash big deal. How much? Only $69. Nice. That's it. You think Bill 80 did that on purpose? I uh, think he was hanging out at
2: Circa. It was just like trying to come it. up with a number.
3: Yeah. Let's do it.
2: <laughs> All right. Let's welcome in Johnny Avello, sports uh, book director over at DraftKings. Johnny, it's always good to talk to you, sir. So let's start uh, in our own backyard because we get a big one on Sunday night. Los Angeles Chargers and the Las Vegas Raiders. So we were talking about this yesterday on our program late yesterday. Threes across the board with a total of 48 and a half. Uh, where do you expect this to get to? Because it seemed like, uh, at least humans and I agreed, three seemed pretty strong for the Chargers against the Raiders in this matchup.
5: Yeah, guys, ex- uh, exciting game in town, I got to tell you, uh, and they move it to a 520 uh, start. I've talked to people this morning who say uh, they are coming into town exclusively for that game. So uh, I expect, you know, the Raiders usually get a nice crowd in there. I expect them to even have a bigger crowd than normal for this one. Uh, people just really excited about the game and uh, why not? Where's it going? It's up to three chargers. Can't see him going past three. I think he'll even come back a tick before game time.
3: All right, Johnny. Uh, Vinny Maiulo here said uh, today he thinks this is going to be the biggest bet game of the week, Week 18 in the NFL. Do you agree with that? Do you think it's going to be a two-way action game, or are you going to have more, uh, more action on the Raiders? And you're talking on a, on a nas- from a national perspective, too. You're not just taking bets in Nevada.
5: I think Vinny's right on that. Uh, first of all, the isolated game usually does handle the most money. And then since this one really means something, even more so, there are some games uh, that also are going to handle good money to 49ers, Rams, uh, and, you know, games that have some meaning on uh, on Sunday. But uh, if those games were in the position of this game, the 520 start, they would do the same. But, yeah, this should be the uh, the easy uh, biggest handle of of Sunday
3: who do you like if uh, you had to pick a side here do you think the Chargers deserve to be full three-point favorites or not
5: I don't think they do for betting purposes but I think the Chargers are probably a little farther along and more of a complete team than the Raiders are right now uh you know if I had to pick a side I'd probably take the Chargers
2: Johnny Avella with us. All right, John, so I, we've brought this up a couple of times now, and it's, the M word is going to be pretty strong throughout this week, and it's motivation, right? Some of these teams are playing others. They don't have anything to play for. The others, like Colts-Jags, for example, of everything on the line winning you're in, uh, how do you gauge motivation from a bookmaker's perspective? Because we've seen these lines get pretty crazy from the look aheads just a week ago.
5: This is a tough week for us. Uh, also a tough week for the betters. A uh, Packer game being, you know, if that game would have normally been double digits – now that game's gonna, you know, be a field goal or so. Uh, there's just some games that just mean absolutely nothing. And so the question is, uh, who wants to, who you know, who wants to win nine? Who wants to get the nine wins? Who wants to get the eight wins? Who doesn't give a crap? I mean, it's it's it really is a difficult time. So we'll just put up the best number that we thinks the best number uh, with the players that are gonna play, and uh, you know, then it's up to the betters to, f- to figure out where the value is.
2: Uh, really quickly, an update here, because we were wondering why the line move was so strong for Dallas. Mm-hmm. Uh, turns out there is a COVID outbreak for the Philadelphia Eagles, and so you got key players that are going on the list, Fletcher Cox, Dallas Goddard, Jason Kelsey. Mm-hmm. Uh, but remember, yeah. new protocols, uh, it's five days, so all those guys have a chance to play, but wanted to update everybody on
3: that. No, that's an uh, important thing to note. All right, so how about this uh, Packers-Lions game, too? This is a rather meaningless game in Week 18, but Aaron Rodgers says he's going to play. It sounds like he's going to play at least a half, the look-ahead line, Johnny, was at the Westgate Superbook was uh, Green Bay minus 11. Last night, we were seeing the Lions minus 2. And uh, right now, I'm seeing at a couple spots out there, I'm seeing Packers minus
5: 3.5. What do you make the number? I mean, just on um, the team alone versus the Lions, uh, you know, they're, the Packers are better than a than a three-point favorite. If Aaron Rodgers is going to play a half, that even I mean they could be up 21 is zip at the half, 21-7. So if that's the case, but you know, this is a good opportunity for Aaron Rodgers to rest the foot um, and then probably rest it again another week. So, you know, why is he going to go out there and do anything too stupid? I don't I don't even know if he plays a half, to be honest with you. And if it is a half, It's probably going to be a real soft half with getting rid of the ball quickly and handing off a lot.
3: Interesting, all the line movement we've seen in that game. Yep, It's not done yet, I'm sure. Yeah. Um,
2: Also, man, there's so many different scenarios. Did you know that if the Colts lose in Jacksonville, something they've done every year since 2014, Raiders and Chargers would get in both with a tie? Oh, there's so much. There's so much to happen here. All right, John Avella, with us. Uh, let's go to one of the rare games where it seems that both teams have something to play for. Uh, that would be well, San Francisco and Los Angeles, Johnny. Uh, where do you expect this number to head? Because we saw some six and six and a halves early, uh, but now we're starting to head in the San Francisco Forty ers direction, who look more and more like they're going to have Trey Lance yet again.
5: Yeah, you no, know, the the Rams need the game too, so it's not like uh, you know the Rams aren't going to play hard. So I, I think this game's going to probably go. It is a divisional game, and that's what will keep the line down a little. Um, I think it's going to go back up to five, five and a half. I haven't been too impressed with the 49ers lately. Uh, don't seem to be able to stop anybody. Um, and then, like I said, the game has some certainly has some meaning to it. The 49ers are kind of in a bad spot. Uh, you know, here they are, the dog at at the Rams who need the game. And then you have New Orleans who gets a— Favorable game against uh, the Falcons uh, and being and being the favorite in that one. So uh, it's you know the Saints have the edge here. We'll see if if that's the way it ends up.
3: All right, Johnny Avello, of DraftKings with us. Uh, let's talk about Browns Steelers tonight in Pittsburgh before the weekend. Johnny, we were seeing the Browns as three and a half point favorites right now. DraftKings Steelers minus three. What kind of action have you taken on this game?
5: This is good action, man. It it is, and you know the game means something to one team. And it probably means something to the other team too, although they're out of the playoffs, and that's being the Browns. Um, we did open this game Browns three. We're now at Steelers three with light juice minus a nickel. Um, we are. We did see some Steeler money. Now we're seeing some Browns money on the other side. It's a uh, you know when these two teams meet, usually three is the number. Somebody can't. It should never be more than that because that's. These teams all seem to be uh, equal year in and year out.
3: Yeah, first time these teams played, Steelers actually won that game 15-10. Uh, to 10. That was October 31st, and the Steelers were five-point dogs in this game. JVT and I were talking about this. Johnny, when you're talking about you're an odds maker, you've been doing this for a long time. What's the, the motivation factor worth as a negative for the Browns when they find out they don't have a shot at the playoffs? They were three-and-a-half-point favorites. And also, what's it worth when you're talking about Big Ben Roethlisberger probably playing his final home game tonight in Pittsburgh?
5: Yeah, that all sounds good, Matt, and that's good storylines. But Roethlisberger's not really that good anymore. And the Browns Browns are probably going to come and try to win this football game tonight in front of a national audience. So um, I don't think any of that means anything for this particular game. You know, being on Monday Night Football, the Browns, haven't really played well lately, uh, and I think they're going to try to play a good game tonight. And the Steelers, of course, want to win, but wanting to win means nothing. Uh, the other team's going to give their best. The Steelers are going to give their best, and I don't think um, the Steelers are actually three-point better team than the Browns. So I look for a pretty competitive one here.
3: So what you're saying basically is you think this uh, five-and-a-half, six-point, this six-point adjustment's too much, you think?
5: Uh, yeah, I do. All right, I do. Sweet, yeah, sweet. you know we're and it, we're kind of showing that now at the three minus a nickel because we're taking back some. Um, you know, I I think others may get the three light juice too because you know they're all getting bet at minus two and a half. Um, but from a handicapping side, I th- I always think three points is important in this particular matchup.
3: Mm-hmm. All right, let's wrap it up with uh, one more three-point game, and that's going to be next Monday, Georgia Alabama. And uh, Johnny, do you think Georgia deserves to be a full three-point favorite over Bama in the rematch of the SEC championship game?
5: Yeah, you know, man, I like Georgia in the game, but uh, you know, three points is a little bit much to give a you know a team like Alabama. But you know, this is Alabama was very fortunate to get this far. But when they get this far, you know, they they're very capable of winning it. I just think they're missing a few key players here. Uh, Georgia has so much motivation after that. That last game, uh, you know, I think George's the side here, but the threes just not not a great number to have to lay. Makes you think about it.
2: Johnny Avello, again, director over at uh, DraftKings. Johnny, good to talk to you, sir. Thank you very much. You're welcome, guys. Have a good day. Yep, you too. All right, Monday Night Football later tonight, and then Monday Night Football next week, but of the college football variety. Mm-hmm. Can't wait for that rematch. Ah, it's gonna be great. Kirby Smart out matching wits with Nick Saban. <laughs> All right, when we come back, we have best bets to get to, so we will do that in multiple sports, of course. And uh, we'll continue with our conversation around both the National Football League, the NBA, uh, that news I told you about off the air I was waiting for in the NBA. I got it, so might have something to add there with the best bets.
0: From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life,
5: This is the Edge on
2: VSEN, the Sports Betting Network.
3: Welcome back. the segment of the Edge is brought to you by Zen Nicotine Pouches, the first way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. No more smelling like an ashtray. No more spit cups. Zen Nicotine Pouches are smoke-free, spit-free, and available in ten varieties like spearmint, wintergreen, citrus, and more. And for your convenience, each variety comes in two strengths, so you can easily find the satisfaction level. That's perfect for you. Zen America's number one nicotine pouts is available in over 100,000 locations nationwide, so it's never been easier to find your Zen. Head on over to zen.com/find to locate a store near you. z y n.com/find. Warning: This product contains nicotine, and nicotine is an addictive chemical. JVT, let's get the best bets. Yep, let's do it. First up,
2: NBA recap from Friday. Um, Just one of those quintessential NBA losses. Clippers catching six and a half, down six with a shot clock off. Game all but over. They let a couple seconds tick off, and they're like, you know what, let's foul. (laughs) And they do. And uh, now, of course, that is a loss as opposed to a cover. And I want to state this really quickly. I brought this up on Friday. Wrote about it really quickly up on social media, too. So the Raptors... 1,000 fans was the, the, the max they Man, could have. I watched
3: some highlights from that game. That's just depressing to watch. It brings back memories of uh, 2020 basketball and empty arenas. Well,
2: and they are empty, right? Yeah. So they're not allowing people in there. So here's the thing that I wanted to point out and that I brought up on social media. In the bubble, in the first part of last season, totals were extremely high. Scoring was up because mm-hmm. allegedly, among other things, better shot lines for players, added efficiencies to some of the shooting. Two games now at home for the Toronto Raptors. Both games have gone over the total. Short sample size, but shooting has been up in both of those games. So it's something to keep track of. It's only a three-week period. This is allegedly going to happen. We'll see if they update it. and It's going to go longer. But something to monitor there for the Toronto Raptors when yeah. they play at home. High-scoring games and maybe some overs. Uh, with that, so I have actually have three plays. Late edition here with some injury news that was just updated about 15 minutes ago on the report. Uh, but Hornets plus two. Over the Washington Wizards, this down to about one and a half in a couple of spots. Nets minus six against the Memphis Grizzlies and Heat plus 11 against the Golden State Warriors will be the three for today. Quick analysis on all three. One, the Hornets, look, they've been played extremely poorly. They're on the second leg, back to back, get blitzed by the Phoenix Suns, right? Still COVID issues rampant with the Washington Wizards. They have not been great defensively, both inside and from the perimeter. It's what the Hornets do. Their injury reports relatively clean. So I think this is a pretty good bounce back spot against an opponent that is much more on their level than the Phoenix Suns. Nets, this is kind of a similar situation. It's just a market overreaction. The Nets were 13-point favorites the other day when they caught the Clippers on the second leg of a back-to-back on New Year's Day, They're right? They don't cover. They lose the game to the Clippers. But then you look at it, you're like, wait a minute, hold on. Now you're just laying six against the Memphis Grizzlies? So the Grizzlies currently constructed, which, by the way, don't have Dylan Brooks, did still don't have D'Anthony Melton. Uh, we had slow mo Kyle Anderson on the injury report and COVID protocol over the weekend. They're really seven points better than the Clippers? Like, that's a really big discrepancy there from my own power rating. So... Go ahead and throw the Brooklyn Nets on there. And then the injury situation for the Miami Heat. Uh, Kyle Lowry, Tyler Hero, Jimmy Butler, all back for the last few games. They're going to play today. And they might even get P.J. Tucker back, who's allegedly on his way to San Francisco. just think it's a really big number, an overreaction after they lost to Sacramento last night. What so, is the
3: number? Uh, 11. That is a big number. They're
2: right? For the Golden State against Miami Heat, yeah. who still have their three best players now out there. So,
3: Clay uh, Thompson not going to be back for Golden State until Sunday, but it's great to see that he's coming back uh, this week. By the way, what happened to the Nets on New Year's Day? Were the guys out too late? I mean, it's the maybe. previous night.
2: You would think the team that was on the second leg of a back-to-back from New Year's Eve to New Year's Day <laughs> would be the one that wasn't ready to play, uh, but not the Brooklyn Nets. Not the case. Also, the Clippers are a pretty good defensive team, so they've been keeping themselves in a few of these games. They're actually 4-2 and two against the spread in their last six, despite the injury to Chris Paul in that recent stretch. Uh, NFL recap. Bengals plus 5. Cardinals plus 6. Winners there. Texans plus 13. Let me down in the fourth quarter. So 2-1 week to improve to 33-21-1 on the season. Uh, for this week, a couple of additions in the National Football League. Uh, the Eagles plus three against the Cowboys. That is a terrible number. Can catch seven now. COVID outbreak today. Well, that's- like
3: you said, too, and I got, I got the same bet. and That's a bad bet right now. There's no question about it. But if, the, if some of those players clear COVID protocols, yep, they could be back on the field this week. And uh, who knows? The Eagles just don't have much urgency to play a lot of guys. So that's probably going to be. And, and, the, and the bad thing is you can't get off the yep. when it when it moves that much.
2: So I also took the 49ers plus five and a half. Just reiterating what we talked about. I think Trey Lance more in the dog role is going to be something worth looking at here. The Rams might be a little overvalued with a number like that in a divisional game. You know, right, 400 yards, 10 yards through the air per attempt. Uh, 6.2 or 6.8 per play uh, for the 49ers. There's still some things to like about them in a must-win situation. And the Raiders plus three, although uh, some unfortunate news, which we should update here, of course, the fact that Nate Hobbs, uh, of, of course, right, uh, is arrested for a DUI early this morning, starting corner for the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, given what we saw earlier this year, it's absolutely ridiculous that you get in trouble like that, but that is worth mentioning that the uh, down one key defender for the Las Vegas Raiders.
3: All right, uh, best bets for me. Yesterday, recap, Cardinals Plus six, Bengals plus five. Two winners. You had the same two, right? Yeah. Uh, Good job, man. The teaser, a loser. I had the Packers and the Colts. I I still can't believe the Colts Colts lost lost. that game. But here's the deal. Carson Wentz looked like a guy I hadn't practiced all week. He came out with no energy. And the Colts really uh, did nothing for the majority of that first half yesterday. And the Raiders took advantage. So, uh, two and one yesterday, this week. Uh, I'm playing the Raiders. I'm taking the plus three against the Chargers. And, uh... To me, that was more of a number grab last night. I'm not sitting here saying, I love the Raiders in this spot on Sunday. I like them a little bit. I think uh, being at home Sunday night, that atmosphere is going to be electric. The Raiders won three in a row. Uh, Chargers won the first meeting in week four. Uh, I think the Raiders got more than a a decent chance to win this game. But I took plus three because I think the number should be less, something less than three. I think uh, that number should be anywhere one and a half, two, two and a half. So I just made an early play on plus three. Pretty certain that we're not going to see three and a half on that game anytime this week. College football bowls over the weekend. Lost with Notre Dame and Michigan, winner with uh, Utah. And I've got plays coming up. It's been a good bowl season so far. I'll try to uh, finish it off with a couple winners. I got K State tomorrow night uh, in the Texas Bowl. Kansas State, I got it minus three and a half. That number is now up to seven. So you got the better of the number there. It looks like LSU is going to be severely outmanned. They're practicing. Uh, with the skeleton crew, looks like they're going to start a wide receiver at quarterback. Uh, but that number is really ballooned. LSU opened a two and a half point favorite, now a seven point dog in that game on Tuesday night. So I got K State. And then next week, I'm taking Alabama plus three, another spot where I played Bama the first time against Georgia. I took six and a half and seven. I'm going to play it again. You put Nick Saban in the underdog role against Kirby Smart, and I've got to bet Saban. <laughs> and, um, you know, I also think that number should be something less than three. Yep. Uh, I know it opened at a lot of spots, a one and a half to two and a half. And uh, I think that was the right number, not three. But we'll see. You want some college football news? What do we have? It's big picture stuff, not something crazy. Um, Caleb Williams, transfer portal. Oklahoma quarterback yes. is
2: but, out. Uh, but, uh, quote, staying at OU will definitely be an option, end quote, from Brett McMurphy of Action. Yeah,
3: That's strange. I thought he would stay for sure. He played well in the bowl game. That was a bowl winner that a lot of us played. Oklahoma against Oregon. And uh, I thought he played well in that game. And he would stick around Brent Venable's program. Uh, But anyway, let's uh, take a quick look at uh, college hoops tonight. There's one game I do want to talk about. And that's Wisconsin Mm -hmm. at Purdue in the Big Ten. College hoops picking up now. College hoops has been uh, disappointing. It's been a little choppy and a little bit difficult because there's been so many uh, suspensions and canceled games. I mean, Gonzaga can't play a game. The Mountain West games have there's been like canceled pretty much all this week. It's ridiculous. UCLA has not played for 25 days. Yep. You know, just uh, there's a lot of strange things happening in college hoops right now. You and I did make the same bet over the weekend. We played San Diego State minus three over yeah. UNLV on New Year's Day, and that was uh, that was a good play tonight. I leaned to Wisconsin here, getting 12-and-a-half against Purdue. Now, Wisconsin started out in November playing uh, much better basketball than the Badgers are playing right now. But Purdue has not covered numbers lately. I think covered one of the one of the past five games. And as these numbers have gotten inflated, uh, I've been finding some value with the underdog in uh, some of these Purdue games. So uh, even though I think the number's probably about where it should be, I didn't make this a best bet because I wanted my my – I drew the line and said I want to get 14 with Wisconsin in this Mm -hmm. game. It's 12-and-a-half, 13 right around that neighborhood, so it's not quite enough. So i just got a small play on this game tonight. But uh, we'll see if Purdue can get back on track. The truth is, after reaching number one, um, Purdue's guards have not played very well. Travion Williams and Jaden Ivey have kind of carried that team. And their offensive efficiency has dropped and their defensive performances haven't been that great. Uh, So I think these numbers, sometimes – You know, when you get to number one, the hype can be a little bit too much. Guys lose focus. I think that's what happened. Market gets high on you too, right? And the market gets high, and some like I said, some of these numbers have been inflated. So as soon as Purdue reached number one, I was looking to play against them, and I've won a few bets uh, that way. Just got a small play tonight on Wisconsin, though, at twelve and a half.
2: You know, you're not a totals guy, but I just thought this is this is an observation from here. Uh, Seems like a pretty high total for a Wisconsin game, given the pace that they play at. I would assume that this is going to be paid more to Purdue's pace and scoring, but 140, highest total the Wisconsin Badgers have seen this year so
3: far. Yeah, it is. Uh, But the thing is, Purdue's been uh, trying to get out and run, and uh, they've been playing better in their defensive efficiency is not what it is. If you look at Ken Palm, I think of the top 20 teams in the country, Purdue's got one of the maybe two or three worst defensive efficiency ratings at this point.
2: Uh, Yeah, it could be right now a 60th in terms of adjusted defensive efficiency. So
3: not very great. Typically, I haven't haven't been playing the same style of uh, low-scoring uh, Purdue type of games from the past couple years, but this team has a lot of offensive firepower. I think Purdue wins tonight by about 10.
2: All right, we're all done here, man. This is going to be great because later in the week, we got Kapaloo, we got golf. Uh, there's so much going on now. We get more into hoops. NFL's awesome, but uh, there's a lot of stuff out there. My guys in the desert coming up next. We'll see you tomorrow.